Actually, fun fact, I had a bet with my friend when I made that video. I was saying it would not get 300 views, 300 views in the first month. And then uh, I guess, yeah, now it's at, I don't know, something 30 something thousand views, uh, which is pretty cool. People want, you know, people shouldn't be afraid to do what they want to do. And if they have a reason, like you said, a why they want to do it, and they know what they want to do, they shouldn't think, they shouldn't be stopped by other people's, like they shouldn't think about what other people might think about them. because. To be honest, everyone is thinking about themselves anyways. People are often too afraid to do it just because of the judgment of other people. And I was like that my freshman year, of uh, the judgment of like the upperclassmen, like what are they gonna think about my channel? And I wish I started this sooner. To be honest, not, I mean, I think I just started to think about it as we're speaking right now, which is, I mean, which makes your podcast even more special, right? Hey, we're dancing, like, bro. We're, we're dancing, dancing in the right moment now. <laughs> my purpose in life is to leave my dent in the universe in absolutely everything I do, as well as to inspire and help others do the same. For someone to leave their dent in my life is a privilege. For me to leave my dent in someone else's life is an honor. But to inspire and help others leave their own dent in the universe is an indescribable feeling. I plan on doing this through this podcast by celebrating my guests and inspiring my listeners, all while leaving my own dent in the universe and helping others do the same. My name is Fer Andrade, and this is Denting. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Denting. My name is Fernando Andrade, I am your host, and today I have a very special guest here with me, Marcos Ricopeng. Hello. Marcos, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good. I was just telling you that... Uh, it's an interesting episode because it's it's the first ha- time I have a native Spanish speaker yeah, here yeah. on with me, and we're doing it in English. So uh, yeah, so uh, it'll be interesting. But mm-hmm. I'm very excited about this. Very yeah. excited to. I told you I want it to be a more of a conversation mm-hmm. rather than an interview. Mm-hmm. Talk about how you got into content creation mm-hmm. as well. Being a student athlete, mm-hmm. being a good student at such a top <laughs> university, you know. So. Uh, yeah, let's dive into it. But before right. we start, do you want to introduce yourself for those that may not know you? Yeah, I mean, okay, so my name is Marcos. I'm a third year but graduating senior at UC Berkeley. Uh, I'm on the Calman swimming team and I'm studying electrical engineering and computer science. And uh, I also have a YouTube channel, so consider subscribing. It's uh, my name, Marcos Rico. I post uh, just content about my life. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it... yeah, I try to keep it entertaining. Um, and that, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, you have a great YouTube channel and it's something I admire because Mm -hmm. you're on such a great team and you manage to keep a YouTube channel of that caliber it's like wow that's pretty (laughs) impressive with with Eeks as well it's like damn my posts aren't very consistent but I'm trying I'm doing my best (laughs) yeah hey they're they're fun and that's what matters and I think Mm -hmm. um you having fun with it is reflected in in the views you know Mm -hmm. because like I was telling you I was burned out at some point this year and it's like when you're trying that hard Mm -hmm. it's never gonna work but when you're having fun with it it just tends to pay off for some reason. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so let's start off with before okay. you even got to Cal and before there was even YouTube, anything, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, what was your childhood like? How did you get into swimming? Were there other sports involved? Mm-hmm. You're from Spain. Yeah. So tell me a bit about yeah. that. Yeah. So I started swimming when I was around like three years old. Um, so basically my entire life. And uh, it, it started off really casual. Like my, uh, so I have four sisters and then my mom just kind of put us all into a pool at the same time. It's like, you know, flap about. Whatever happens, happens. Um, and then about, about seven years old, uh, we, I started to get into like a um, actual swimming club team. And I started to swim a bit more regularly. Um, and then I moved to Spain at the age of like 10 before I was living like internationally. 
Um, and then I started to actually swim, like, more, like, you know, I wouldn't say professionally, obviously, because we're not professionals, but, like, every day, like, started to take it a bit more seriously. Um, and, yeah, so I, I was just training, like, in Spain for practically my entire life. I was one year here in the States, in Pennsylvania, my uh, sophomore year of high school. Um, and then other than that, I mean, senior year, uh, junior, uh, beginning of senior year, I sent an email to Dave and Chase. Uh, I was like, you know, I would really like to swim for Cal. Uh, and they're like... You know, we would really like for you to swim here too. And I was really excited. And, and I mean, that's basically the, the entire journey. I mean, yeah. That's awesome. Um, you mentioned you had four sisters. Are they mm-hmm. older, younger? Like, Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're, all, they're both. Uh, all four are older. I actually have a twin sister. Uh, she's two minutes older, which she likes to uh, remind me about uh, constantly. Um, but they're, yeah, they're like, uh, one is, I think, 23. other one is 25. Okay. Just, just doing their thing in Spain and elsewhere in Europe. Yeah. Nice. And you said you moved to Spain, so you're not from Spain? Uh, no, no, no. I am. Like, okay, so it's a bit complicated. I've been around the world, the world a bit, but uh, I was born in Spain, but then I, you know, moved uh, to China. I actually lived there for, you know, a couple, three years. Um, I went to Turkey for a bit. I lived in Dubai for about four other years. And then I, and then I settled back in Spain for the rest of my life until college. Nice, <laughs> nice. Interesting. So. And uh, I think I must have gotten it wrong because, like, on the Cal Athletics site, it said... Um, that you were in Wyoming. Mm. So was it Wyoming or Pennsylvania? Yeah, I honestly, I don't know why it says Wyoming. The, the high school I was in my sophomore year of uh, high school uh, was called Wyoming Seminary. That's probably what it was. Okay. Yeah, it. but it was, it's, it's neither in Wyoming nor it's a seminary, so it's, it was a pretty redundant name. But uh, it's actually in Pennsylvania, uh, and I was only there for one year. I think my main high school was probably the one I spent uh, junior and senior year in. So it's like uh, it's a school in Spain called SEC. Okay. Um, yeah. And what was that uh, experience like, or, or why did you go to Pennsylvania for for a year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I really wanted to, I really wanted to experience the college. No, it's not even not the college. The American kind of life that I've seen, like in the movies and the series and stuff. And I really wanted to go at least for a year, um, and kind of experience that. You know that I like I said before, like the American kind of uh, integrating athletics and academics at the same time. Because like in Spain, um, it's very the both academics and athletics. Uh, it's like really separated. Like you go to school and then you have your like, club team, and then you don't really compete with the school. And I wanted to kind of uh, experience that. So I partnered. Like I didn't partner, but I applied to an uh, kind of like an exchange program uh, called Assist, and then they basically like selected, you know, a couple, not a couple, but like. I'd say like 150 students from like around Europe and around Asia, um, and then they gave like them scholarships to go to the United States and experience that for like a year. Um, and then I happened to get into that, and then uh, yes, I went to that school, and and it was amazing. And then after that, I was like, okay, this is this is what I want to do like for college. Like I want to do this for four years or I guess three. Um, and then that's why I started to apply into you know universities in in America. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So. I mean, I know there's been internationals here before. Mm-hmm. I know that obviously it's very attractive to come here mm-hmm. um, to get the, I guess, American student yeah. athlete dream, right? Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's super interesting how you, you mention it, like what you see in movies or mm-hmm. online or yeah. like oh, the student athlete lifestyle yeah. this and that. And mm-hmm. it's, it's very interesting that you even mentioned that because mm-hmm. now it's something you're posting know, about, right? So <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting that, that you see that. But mm-hmm. where did you see that or where did you gain that idea from? Was it YouTube as well or yeah. somewhere else? Yeah, no, no. It was exactly that. I was, you know, scrolling through YouTube and I see a bunch of these day in the lives and athletics and like, 
I don't know, my movement freshman year at Harvard. And, and I was just like, you know, this seems so cool. Like, they're going to dorms. They have, because it's such a different concept from what I'm used to in Spain. We don't have dorms. We don't have, like, uh, you know, football games. And I was like, you know, this is, this is really cool. And then, uh, and, and yeah, so I saw that on YouTube. And I was like, you know, I kind of want to experience this, too. And then I guess that, was, that led up to my first YouTube video, too. That's crazy. And, I mean, I know that in Europe it's different to the mm-hmm. the U.S. Like, I completely get that. Mm-hmm. It's Well, I mean, not in Europe. The whole world Probably, besides yeah, the U.S., basically, right? Basically, yeah. So what was your schedule like? Because not only did you get into a good university and a good swimming program, you did them both while not having a student-athlete concept. So mm-hmm. how did you balance academics, especially for a major like yours, with swimming back home in Spain? Um, so like how I balance uh, academics and athletics before I went to college. So in high school, yeah, college, because yeah. I mean, to get in here, yeah, you have to be a good swimmer mm-hmm. and a good student because you yeah. got directly into the uh, College of Engineering, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Again, that says that says a lot. So mm-hmm. tell me a bit about that. Yeah. How you balanced it without there being the concept of right. student athlete right, like right, there right. is here. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, in my two years, um, like, so junior and senior high school, I went to a specific high school, um, that prepared, I wanted to do something called the International Baccalaureate. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar IB, with that. right? Yeah, IB. Yeah. So it has, like, this program where you have seven classes and final exams of all those classes at the end of the two years, where they test you on the two years. And basically that, um, with, like, it's different from the regular Spanish program and it allows you to kind of use that score as it's recognized more internationally. Uh, to apply to colleges, and that's why I wanted to do because I wanted to go to uh, either the U.S. or the U.K. It's like the APs, but for more international. Okay. Exactly, yeah, perfect, yeah, great to explain it. Um, so I went to a specific school that, that offered that program because not many schools offered that, and it just happened to be like that school was also a really, it was also next to a university that had like good athletics facilities, and they partnered with the school to provide like students with the option to use the facilities and be able to practice. And so the school had a club team that used the, that pool that had like five minutes walking from that school. So then between classes, I would just, you know, take my stuff, walk over to the pool, you know, train for like an hour, go back to class, and then do that again, uh, you know, lunch breaks and stuff like that. I mean, there was no set schedule. It's kind of whenever I had like a, like a space in between classes. Uh, and then sometimes I had to tell my teachers, you know, I can't go to class today because I haven't got to go train and stuff. They weren't very happy with that. But, um, I mean, that was basically, there was no, like, not here at least where you have, you know, set schedules and pool availability and stuff. You just kind of try and go whenever you have time. And, and, and that, was, that was basically, yeah. Yeah, that, that's crazy. And, I mean, especially with the the cultural differences, mm. how how is that, like, balancing everything? Because... I, at least here, like, in the mm-hmm. U.S., for me, my high school experience, like, I went to school, mm-hmm. like, in the morning, I'd train in mm-hmm. the evening, and that was it, and teachers would respect the idea mm-hmm. of, like, student-athlete, right? Mm-hmm. But over there, teachers may not yeah. understand that, yeah. um, or even social life, like, peers may not understand mm-hmm. that, so how did you balance, especially the social aspect, right? Because like, I'm sure there's sacrifices to be able to be yeah. good at both, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, when all my friends, you know, like, oh, what are you doing after school? You know, I'm going to hang out. We're going to go to, like, you know, a party, like, on a Friday night or something. I'm like, you know, I, I mean, obviously, you, you probably know, and a lot of athletes, like, know about the sacrifices we have to make in order to, like, perform at our best, you know, during, in our sport, right? So uh, there was a bunch of, you know, like, I, I can't go. I've got to practice this morning. Um, my practice schedule, like I said before, is, like, sometimes it was, Swim in the morning, go to class, and then swim in the afternoon, and then kind of go back home, do homework, 
because uh, I remember my IB like classes were also more on the difficult side because I wanted to get into like engineering. Um, other times it was just swim during the day. Other times it was just swimming after school. It was just like a mix of everything, and obviously that had an impact in like all the the activities that like the, more like the fun activities you can say that you can do outside of school that obviously a lot of peers do. And they didn't really like they'll be like oh yeah like why don't you come out like more and stuff because since the student athlete like you know concept didn't really wasn't really common they didn't really understand like exactly like the life that we have to build in order to become the people we are today yeah yeah because yeah, it, it just doesn't make sense even for me like yeah in the u.s it does exist i'm from san diego so mm. i'm like an hour away from here yeah um and i have friends to this day like from high school mm-hmm. that i received a text the other day i mm-hmm. think it was a few weeks ago and the guy literally goes one of my best friends and he's like just now do i understand why you were doing what yeah. you were doing like it makes sense now yeah. and i'm like yeah. after so many years yeah yeah like yeah. That, that's why like we mm-hmm. were we were closest like senior year and mm-hmm. senior year at least here yeah. it's like all these celebrations right. and parties right. and prom and this mm-hmm. and that and I was like, yeah, sorry, yeah. like, I can't, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. now they're like, yeah. We understand. <laughs> I get it, yeah. Yeah, it's all worth it, though. It really is, yeah. yeah. So, in Spain, you're from Madrid. Mm-hmm. Where was that school in Madrid as well? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you stayed home, nothing, no, no need to move or anything? No, it was just all Madrid. Perfect, and when you were looking at schools, what made you look at Cal? Um, so, in the beginning, I wanted to, uh, so... I knew, realistically speaking, I mean, I, I think I am a decent swimmer, as I sh- should be to be on this team, right? Um, but I knew, like, kind of where I situated in terms of, like, um, athletic scholarship I could receive and the quality of the school I was applying to. And um, it was a big decision for me because, obviously, international tuition is a big part of, you know, the schools that we have to apply to, and especially at, you know, public schools in America, the international tuition or out-of-state tuition is a lot more than the in-state tuition. And it, it gets pretty expensive, right? Yeah. Um, so I was kind of like figuring out, okay, you know, if I wanted to go to a school in America, it's going to be expensive and I'm going to have to take out loans. And uh, so I wanted that. I, I mean, I know a lot of people say, you know, college education uh, is just a piece of paper and stuff. But I wanted that um, school to be able to provide me the opportunity that to be able to repay the student loans and be able to get a good, good job in the future. And, I mean, that just happens to be in the society that we are in today that, you know, top-ranked schools are the ones that are often are the ones that get higher pay grants. I mean, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to debate whether it's a, it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's kind of how, It's a correlation, and it is what it is, yeah. It is what it is, yeah. So, I mean, so that was a big part of, like, my recruiting process. I was just kind of going through the rankings. I was like, okay, I'm going to try and talk to as many of these top 20 schools or top... 30, whatever it was, um, and just kind of see, you know, whoever responds, um, and then if no one responds, then uh, I had other options in, like, uh, in the United Kingdom, and they also had, like, good schools, and stay in Spain. Obviously, going to the U.S. was my first choice, but I understood, like, the financial burden that would be to me and to my parents um, that might not be worth it. Um, So, it it was funny, though, because I didn't really know about Berkeley before really applying. Uh, I mean, it's funny, because my, okay, Personal story, my, um, my parents actually met at Berkeley. Wow. Um, so they didn't really study here, but my mom is from Taiwan, my dad is from Spain. Uh, they both went on a summer program, and then they happened to be at, at Berkeley, and they met at Berkeley, so came full circle. Um, but I remember he, telling, I remember hearing about their stories about Berkeley, but I didn't really, I didn't really get the stories. I, all I hear, especially in, the, in Europe, I think, we only listen to like all these Ivy Leagues, you know, Harvard, Stanford, or 
um, I mean, I guess not Stanford, but Harvard, Princeton, and Yale. I already know about Berkeley, and then I kind of just sent an email to Berkeley because I thought it was pretty cool. Like, I didn't really know about it. And then they responded saying they wanted more information. I was like, oh, wait, okay, so, like, who is Berkeley? And I searched them, and I was like, oh, whoa, okay, this is, you know, this is intense. Like, this is, like, a really good school. And I was like, okay, I mean, that, that's awesome, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I'm in the exact same shoes, mm-hmm. really. You grow up and you hear the exact same names all the time. Mm-hmm. Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Stanford. Yeah. Always, always, always. Mm-hmm. And there's more Ivy Leagues, I get it. Yeah. And people think, m- the majority of people will think, oh, Stanford, yeah, it's an Ivy League. Yeah. And it's like, no, like you don't understand yeah. it. It's a Pac-12. Whoa, what's a Pac-12? Like, <laughs> yeah. they, they don't get it. They don't yeah. get that an Ivy League isn't like a ranking with schools. It's mm-hmm. a ranking with Athletics, it's just a conference, you know? It's like saying, oh, I go to a Pac-12. Like, it's the exact same thing. Yeah. And super interesting because you mentioned in Europe that that's how people see it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I have that perspective from Mexico, Mm, right? Interesting. And it's like, why do people only mention those names? What do they have in common? They're all private. And it's like, yep, yeah. that, that is exactly what it is. Those. And you think, well, why why is it? Is it because of the money? Well, partially, right? Mm-hmm. But also because they take less students, making the acceptance rate lower, yeah. making the ranking higher. Because right. the ranking depends on how many people are accepted mm-hmm. into the school or the mm-hmm. percentage. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the new rankings now, and Forbes this year said, yeah. UC Berkeley is the best university there yeah. is, public or not public. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the best there is, yeah. period. Mm-hmm. Because they, they're starting to yeah, recognize start, yeah, exactly. that it's a public university. And that's the only reason that our acceptance rate is, I think it's 14 or something yeah. like that. But you look at how many people are applying. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. I think this year it was like 120 or something. Yeah, it's, like, it's insane. Yeah. So it, it's interesting to realize mm-hmm. that it has to do with it being a private yeah. and public university. Yeah. But I was in the same shoes. Um, I didn't know as much as I do now. Mm-hmm. I, I had a better idea, but yeah. I didn't know as much. And once you fully understand that it's the number one university or public university, it's whatever you want to call it, yeah. it's like, whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. It's I go here. Special. That's sick. pretty special. Yeah. Absolutely. So um so you realize that and you talked about, all right, I'm a good swimmer, but you knew your limits from from the get go, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean just looking at the roster especially here at Cal, I was like Okay, this is, yeah, this is intense. <laughs> well, that's exactly what I'm saying because you didn't know what Berkeley was and you get a response from them and mm-hmm. you just said, well, I know my limits. Dude, this is the best program I in know, the nation. Yeah. So so tell was, me about, about uh, that. Yeah, I was very surprised because there's so many other schools that I've like, talked to and they're like, okay, you know, you're not fast enough to be on the team or like we can't have you because uh, we ended our recruiting se- season. Or I mean, most of them were just like, okay, you need these times and that's it. And then so I was kind of, you know, my confidence was kind of going down because Berkeley was one of the last schools I actually reached out to. And I was like, okay, I mean, I thought I was at a certain level, but clearly the level they're requiring is so much higher to be into a school that, like, at the like, I believe these are good academic schools, but athletically, they're, they're not that, they're not that good. They're not. Like, they're not ranked as high as, you know, Cal or Texas or Florida or... Um, and then even they are rejecting me from being too slow. So I was kind of waiting my options. I was like, okay, there's not much else I can do, really. And then Cal came back and said, you know, we want you on our team. And I was, I was really surprised. I was like, but Cal is literally, like, the best swimming school in the nation. How come these other teams, which have worse members, didn't want me? And I think that really shows just, I really, 
yeah, it really shows how, where Cal is today because they're able to see, I guess, see potential. Uh, I want to say I have potential, um, but they're able to like not be so close-minded as like other schools where they're like, oh, you know, this cut off time and that's it. And then Cal can be able to like, you know, recruit, like maybe not the fastest since high school, but be able to like, um, I guess, extract the full potential of each uh, swimmer that they come in order to become the national champions that we are this year. Exactly. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, one thing is the potential, which is crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that says a lot about your coaches and the recruiting yeah. director, whoever it is, right? Because yeah. I'm not sure if Coach Dave does yeah. that. But it's like, wow, like noticing the potential is one. But mm-hmm. the second one also is like knowing the strategy of right. the game. Because many people, and I'm saying many people that may be listening to this that don't understand yeah. something like, understanding how the points work and it's right. like all right i'll recruit some people that are going to finish first and mm-hmm. then i'll recruit some other ones that'll finish in, in the, middle, the yeah. middle and some that'll get b points and things mm-hmm. like that and it's like well it adds up right yeah, everything adds exactly, up and that's exactly. why you win a national championship won. exactly so that's amazing mm-hmm. did, did um i mean obviously it's it's hard being out of state mm-hmm. does it change whether you're international or not or is it just out of state period for, tu- for tuition I'm, I'm in state so that's why i'm asking uh i'm not too sure i think out of state international is the same yeah it should be the same i think it's the same okay so that happens you're a good student was there <laughs> like any way that that worked in with scholarships or anything like that uh no i mean berkeley is top university as we said so yeah. i'm a good student but i think in order to get like an academic any uh, any funding academically i'll probably have to be a bit more bright than what i have i mean i get it i, I yeah. literally i mean this is the second podcast i'm recording mm-hmm. today i just recorded with uh isabel ivy mm-hmm. and we were just saying like you show up in your first lecture of college and everybody's like well the professor goes um who here was a valedictorian and everybody <laughs> raises their hands except us and yeah. it's like cool yeah, that's reality. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what was it like moving out? You said that your sisters are still back home. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming your parents are as well. Yeah. You move out here by yourself, mm-hmm. um, join the team. What were your expectations like? I know you have a Spanish roommate. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know Hugo before? Uh, I know who I know who Hugo or Hugo, yeah, I guess Hugo, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> more Spanish name. I know who Hugo was just because he is such a big name in the swimming world, especially in Spain. Um, Hugo didn't quite know who I was, um, but I didn't really talk to him at all. I, I didn't really, yeah, I never talked to him before coming here. Got it. Um, and then so I, you know, I came here by myself with you know like two suitcases. Wow. Went into my um, Blackwell dorm with my roommate uh, who was a diver at the time. Um, he he left uh, after the first semester, um, and I mean my expectations. I don't know. I didn't really have any expectations. I was just kind of kind of in awe of everything around me. I mean, I arrived to campus and I was like, it, it was basically. I guess this is, sounds pretty corny, but it was living the dream a bit. And like I walk around and you know see a bunch of students like I saw in this bunch of YouTube videos, you know with their little with their big baskets and their family you know coming in and moving in and stuff and then. You know, that night I went out with my, like, like teammates and we had pizza and whatever. And then, like, I, I, I introduced myself to them. We got to know each other better. Um, and it was just, like, I don't know. It was, it was really cool to see a dream that was, you know, on the computer screen. Um, just being able to view it, like, in real life. That was, yeah. that was really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, it's, it's crazy to get that perspective mm-hmm. and how you're seeing it from far away yeah. and, and just 
coming here and making it a reality, mm-hmm. right? So you come in, you you're directly in the school of engineering. Yeah. Did you have any goals in mind with that? Is there anything job-wise that you're thinking of, like, right from the start freshman year? I know it could have changed, but mm-hmm. is there anything you have mm-hmm. in mind with that? Yeah, so uh, I didn't really know what I was getting into. Um, I knew I wanted to do computer science, and I probably decided this, like, halfway through my senior year that I wanted to do computer science. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Senior year of, of high, high school. school. Yeah, so uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to go into the college engineering because... Um, because uh, I didn't want to go through that process of uh, the CS, because uh, um, the in order to get into CS and LNS, you have to go, you have to have a GPA cut on certain CS classes. Um, so I was like, I'm going to try and go in directly into engineering, which we don't have to do that. Um, but I mean, yeah, I I guess I didn't really know what to expect after graduation, term of job prospects um, with my degree. Um, but it was good that in GBO, I met a bunch of, I think they matched people with like same majors or maybe same norms. I'm not sure. Um, but I just happened to know a bunch of uh, people that are, happen to be good friends, uh, now today. Um, they were all, uh, engineering majors or like my major, we call it EECS. Yeah. Uh, so they were all EECS majors and they were telling me kind of the path, uh, the most common path is to go through the software engineering side and then um i was kind of looking more into that and i was like you know after my first computer science class at berkeley which didn't go too well um but uh i enjoyed it and i was like okay this is probably like a path i wanted to do like software engineering um and then and then i continued that through my sophomore year and then got an internship and kind of pursuing that next year too so that's awesome and eeks for those that may not know electrical engineering, electrical engineering computer science yeah yeah um, sure. yeah. um, well, well, that's awesome. And I'm glad that worked out for mm-hmm. you. I know you're big on that. I've seen it in your YouTube videos, <laughs> which we'll get into shortly. Okay. Um, and with swimming, mm-hmm. I mean, from my reading, you had a good first impression on literally your first dual meet. So things were going well. How did you feel with the team? And what was, I mean, I'm sure there must've been a difference for anybody really just hopping into Cal's yeah. practice must be different. So tell me a bit about that. Yeah, no. Okay. So, um, I had a, I had a rough start my freshman year because I, I wasn't used to getting up. Uh, I guess a lot of people, a lot of swimmers in high school are used to waking up at 4.30 a.m. and having like double practice. I wasn't used to none of that. My earliest practice at best was like 7 a.m. And that was unheard of. Um, so we had 6 a.m. practice the very first day. And I didn't wake up on time. I arrived late. And as a freshman, you know, the, 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 the team grilled me. And then the coach was like, you know, Marcos, like, I woke up at 6.02 and practice starts at 6. And I see a bunch of, like, you know, missed calls and texts from my coach. I was like, oh, my God, this is the first practice. I can't be doing this. And it happened again the next day. And then it was bad. Um, and the coach pulled me aside. And he was like, Marcos, you can't be arriving late. You've been arriving late already. And I was like... Like, <laughs> it's not good. Like, it's not good. Um, but I think I, I got the hang of it towards the end. Um, but that was, like, my first experience. <laughs> how, how long did it take? Like, what do you mean towards the end? Uh, okay. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I ever actually managed to arrive early, but I managed to arrive on time. Uh, up to this day, I don't think I still can arrive early. Um, but I think after a couple of weeks uh, and a lot of pressure from my teammates and my coaches... I managed to arrive just in time to be able to get in the water when everyone else is getting the water. So uh, it took a couple of weeks, but those weeks were super tough. So those were like my first impressions. Um, I mean, I guess the whole thing came from like how serious the program is because 
back in like back in Spain high school, like okay, you arrive 10, 20 minutes late, no one no one cares. You just hop in the water and go. But this is this is not it. This yeah. is you arrive late and you, you know this is is not okay. And uh, it took me a while to adjust. Um, but I, I I like I like the discipline and I think that's what drives uh, this team to the greatness. Freshman year, practices Freshman, yeah. at six a.m. What time are you setting your alarm? I set my alarm at five. So I initially only set one alarm at five, <laughs> at well, five that, forty-five. Why, yeah, that was a big mistake. And then I started to set three alarms at five thirty-five. No, five thirty-five, five forty, and five forty-five. Okay. Uh, five minutes to get changed. Go to the pool. Head. Well, that, that's also a thing for you guys. Like your changing is easy. You yeah. know, yeah. like for us, like we definitely have a, a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about now? Is it still that same? It's still the same. Okay. Yeah, it's still the same. So you live close by the pool. You don't really... Yeah, I live like... I mean, back... My freshman year was... Blackwell is right there. Blackwell is right next door. It was a five-minute walk. And then now it's like a five-minute scooter. Okay. So you're chilling. So chilling, yeah. Awesome. Uh, In terms of the actual swimming... Yeah. Because, I mean, that's the discipline side, right? Yeah, that's the discipline. Okay, yeah. But what about the actual swimming? I know you guys have double days. You have gym in between on Mm -hmm. Tuesdays, Thursdays, or whatever Mm -hmm. the days may be. Mm -hmm. Um, So... What was that what adjustment was like? like? And now you're a true student athlete, right? Now there's no like, th- there's no time conflicts right, per se. Right. But it's, I'm assuming your swim load is way heavier, mm-hmm. and your school load yeah. is as well. So yeah. what's what's going on going on there? Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, I guess you can sum up sum up the entire experience with just <laughs> less hours of sleep at night. <laughs> but um, it was okay. I'm going for the swimming side. Um, it was. I guess a lot of swimmers in our team are used to being really good in order to be on this team. So they kind of like excel in their own club team. And that's kind of how it was. I guess my club team wasn't really big. But I was, I was, I think I was pretty decent and I was a good swimmer in Spain in general. So there's not many people that can like really compete with me um, during practice. But coming here, literally every single day and every single practice, everyone would kick my butt. Like not even if like, I'm a, I'm, so I'm, I'm a sprint uh, like freestyle or breaststroke, so I swim like 50, 100 yards. Um, and then even like people swimming the mile would beat my would beat me in the 25. I, I was I was like, what is going on? And then I would hop into the pool, and then in that same lane, Nathan Adrian would hop into the pool. And Nathan Adrian, for those who don't know, is five time Olympic gold medalist. And then you have on the other side Ryan Murphy getting the pool, which has a world record like in the 100 backstroke. Yeah. You have Tom Shield, and then you're just looking around, you have these bunch of names and these huge like people in the swimming world and it's just like wow like i it took me so long and i don't think i ever like fully under, like got was able to like appreciate like i am swimming with literally the best swimmers in the world literally ever, ever yeah yeah and it's it's insane and like i feel like you can really feel that in the practice and then everyone is so so motivated seeing these huge names swim next to you and just training with you and it's like it, it just really pushes you to be better and uh, that was like definitely like one of the first experiences I had when swimming at Cal yeah yeah and I mean it's not to belittle my experience mm-hmm. nor my team nor my sport yeah but I think it's important to understand that within our athletic department there's mm-hmm. different levels to things and I don't think it's to belittle any other sports yeah. it's just because of how it works mm-hmm. example college soccer you can get drafted into the MLS. You're probably going to the USL, which is the second division mm-hmm. of the MLS. Mm-hmm. And the MLS isn't within the top five leagues in the world. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. You guys 
are getting coached by the head coach of the best national team in the world. The way I think about this is we are amateur soccer players and you're getting coached by Pep Guardiola. That's the way I understand it. And and you're literally competing next to the, well, yeah, I mean, world record Messi, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, everyone, you know? Yeah. And I mean, and if it's not them, then it's Lewandowski and yeah, like literally yeah, the literally next guy is yeah. right. Absolutely. And Absolutely. once you understand that, it's like, wow. Because wow. mm-hmm. even if it's, um, well, you're not competing against them, sure. Yeah. But practicing every day with yeah. people like that, like mm-hmm. I can't imagine practicing every day with <laughs> guys like that yeah. because even if they're not competing, the training itself is much harder than the yeah. meat. So yeah, it just goes so much faster than everyone. It's insane, yeah. It's crazy to even think that that mm-hmm. happens. Like, I cannot imagine mm-hmm. what that must be like. So just some context for everyone yeah. just to understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the hang of things. When does YouTube start for you? Yeah, so I, going into college, I was, I mean, like I said before, I've watched a bunch of YouTube Day in the Lives, and I was like, okay, if I get into college, I want to make a day in the life. I think... I would love to do that. Just, like, imitate what I've seen on your line and, you know, that would be so cool. So then come November freshman year, after, like, you know, getting situated a bit in the team and stuff, I was like, okay, I think I'm going to try it out. And I, I, there was a bit of a stigma around making vlogs on the team in the beginning of my freshman year. So I didn't, as a freshman, I didn't really want to, you know, make much of a hassle. So I was going to kind of have my phone in, like, in the corner, like, making a little, little comments every once in a while. Um, and then I just made a video on a week in my life at, at Berkeley, uh, posted on January, 2020. And that was kind of the story of like the, the beginning of, of my YouTube channel. It blew up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the be- actually fun fact, I had a bet with my friend when I made that video. Um, and I was saying it would not get 300 views, 300 views in the first month. And my friend was like, no, there, it has to get 300 views in the first month. I think it got 300 views in, like, the third month. (laughs) So it was really slow. It was, like, no one really cared. And then all of a sudden, I think Berkeley, I think acceptances came out of, like, colleges. And then it suddenly spiked a bit, like, planned out a bit more. And then it spiked again. And then uh, I guess, yeah, now it's, uh, I don't know, something, 30-something thousand views, uh, which is pretty cool. Crazy. Yeah, is it? Yeah, 300, yeah, 360, 30,000. Yeah. Oh <laughs> At that moment, I was like, whoa, okay, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. That's weird. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And the way you started out, obviously, there's going to be a stigma. Did you feel comfortable being on the team as a teammate with the guys? Because you're, you're talking about disciplinary difficulties you're talking about the difference with the swimming mm. i'm sure there's a cultural difference mm. even for me there honestly was mm-hmm. and there still is did you feel comfortable with the guys mm. um period yeah no i to be honest i my freshman year especially i hung out most of my times in the study room uh, doing homework so i it's not like i could interact with my teammates a lot because um, i spent most of my time just studying um, but the times that we had the poll, I, I did feel comfortable. I don't think there was any tension, especially with my, uh, classmates. Um, we were all like, I think we're all good friends and there was nothing wrong with that. And then I, I felt good on the team. There was a bit of, there was a bit of conflict between the seniors and the freshmen that year. Um, and I wasn't used to that kind of, 
I guess it's I guess it's pretty common here. Like when you like you're freshman, you kind of do all the dirty work and stuff. I wasn't used to that, so I was like, you know, why why should I be picking up your towels when you finish? Like, that doesn't make sense. Um, so I guess there was a bit of conflict there, but I think I got used to it pretty quickly. And overall, there was there wasn't really any issue. I think I think I would I fit perfectly in the team, and I think people. I guess I hope they enjoyed my presence and I enjoyed their presence. Uh, I think it was in that sense it was all good. Okay, so with the stigma for the videos, was it just because it hasn't been done before? What's sorry? What stigma? So so you mentioned that there's a stigma with the vlogs. Oh 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 so, yeah, so, yeah yeah. So that's why I wanted to build up to it, oh, right? Because okay. at first you don't feel comfortable with the team, yeah yeah, and yeah. then I get it too, dude. Like there's a stigma with posting things. There's a stigma with posting videos, mm-hmm. and once you get past that, you're chilling. Yeah. But before, like, that's what I'm saying. First, you have to feel comfortable with your team. And then you're recording things with your team and like, yeah. with them included. So how do you get past that stigma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I got past that stigma once I became an upperclassman. And I could, I could have that little, uh, I want to say dominance, but I could be, I know that other people wouldn't judge me because they're lower classmen. Like, they're not going to judge their upperclassmen doing this stuff. And then that's when I could feel open about, you know, filming more the meets and filming my like the the teammates around me and stuff uh but before then i kept my videos and a lot of them are actually <laughs> deleted but uh they were uh, very very low-key just like me and try not to get anyone behind me i don't want to make sure you know if if i post something someone sees oh wait i was on that video i didn't you know i didn't want to be in that video you have to take it down i, I don't want any of that to happen and um so that was how I kind of built up the stigma. I mean, there was a stigma already on the team because there are a couple professional swimmers uh, out there that make vlogs, like uh, some professional swimmer called Cody Miller, another professional swimmer called Michael Andrew, uh, and they make and they're they're huge. Uh, I mean, they're world championship like world champion swimmers, and they they have a huge following on YouTube, and they make like vlogs and daily vlogs and stuff like that about their practices and stuff they do. And I remember going into like you know the first couple months, and a lot of the upper class were kind of. Uh, you know, commenting on these new posts of these influencers, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cringy, like, what are they doing, and stuff like that. So I was seeing that from far. I was like, oh, okay, I should probably not, you know, bring that aspect into this team if that's not what they like. Um, but, I mean, I guess the people that were um, not, like, not, I wouldn't say not, like, against, but not, uh, like, didn't really approve of the vlogging thing. Once they graduated, I was like, okay, look around, you know, is there anyone that kind of hates vlogging here? Like, I didn't want to make, I didn't want to, like, ruin the team dynamic in order to make YouTube videos. I know the team came first, and I wanted to, you know, us to be the best swimming team in the nation. And if making videos on the team is going to ruin that, then I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine to, you know, like, keep that part away. Um, but then after, like, you know, looking a while, and I saw that everyone was fine, I was like, okay, I think I can start making videos with people around me, and I think that people enjoyed being in the videos, and it was just fun, like, every week, every two weeks, we were, like, like, they, they would watch it all together, like, the, my classmates they would watch the videos on their TV, and they'd be like, okay, I'm there, and then, like, I'm there, and then, you know, Millis joined, and then now we have another swimmer also joined, Kokolby, um, and then I think, I think it's a good time, I think it lessens the pressure that we have in order to, like, to perform at maximum all the time and just kind of makes uh, practices and like meets a bit more light, uh, which sometimes is, sometimes is needed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it makes complete sense. And that's awesome. Right. Um, you posted the first one, Mm -hmm. January, 2020. Yes. It started to blow up April ish around April. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. When did you post the second one? Uh, okay. So that was in, I think April, 
May is when uh, COVID started to hit, right? March. Like what, March. Oh, yeah. Sorry, March. So that's when I flew back to Spain and we were all like in lockdown. So that, I, yeah. that's why I was asking because it's yeah. like during the pandemic, what, what happens with... with yeah. Uh, so I didn't... <laughs> so I didn't really know where I wanted to take my channel. Uh, I know I just wanted to do that day in the life video. And I thought that was it. I didn't really want to pursue YouTube. Um, I, I didn't think I had what it takes to even be like semi-decent at it. Um, so I kind of just made that video and it started to blow and I was like, okay, wait, I kind of like this and I'm going to try and make more videos. And then my uh, following videos are very, uh, I think they're taken down now. They were, they're very, they're very cringe. <laughs> and it was just me trying to, I guess I didn't really have any swimming content because like, we were all quarantined, right? Uh, so I was trying to make like, uh, the other aspect of my life is just like academics. I guess I was like pretty good at that. So I was like trying to make videos on, you know, tips to be more productive and like, you know, study habits and like day in the lives, uh, stuff like that, which didn't, didn't turn out too well. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. But even if you're mentioning they're cringy, right? Like mm -hmm. I will look back at my videos. I, yeah. I'll tell you right now how I got into mm -hmm. it, but I'll look back at my videos and it's like, wow, that is so cringy. I hate <laughs> looking back at them. But at the same time, if you can look back at yourself and say, wow, I was such a dumbass. Yeah. Then you're probably still a dumbass. You yeah. know what I mean? No, so no, no, absolutely. It's, absolutely. Def it's definitely good to be able to do that. Yeah. It's just very, it's very hard, hard. Very, very hard, you know? It's very hard. Like, I was telling you, you asked me uh, how long ago I got mm -hmm. into this. Um, we're recording this right now, April 10th, 2022. Mm -hmm. I recorded the first episode... February uh, 2021, but that was only one episode because the guy that used to live in this room got drafted number 12 overall in the MLS. Wow. And right before he left last night, uh, we, yeah. we recorded it, and then I started in May. Mm. So it's it's almost going to, this project's yeah. going to turn a year old. I started posting wow. in June, mm -hmm. and um, looking back, like this same notebook, it's about to end, right? Mm -hmm. Like this notebook I have right yeah. here. Um I'm about to finish it, but this has all the interviews, and I look back at the notes I used to take, and it's like, wow, that <laughs> is really bad, and now it's like, wow, I, I get the hang of it, and mm -hmm. it changes depending on the type of interview or conversation yeah. I want to have, mm -hmm. but even before that, the way I got into videos was during the pandemic, so... Mm. I was very bored and I got mm -hmm. into current events and mm -hmm. I was very pissed off with misinformation, not with the world, mm -hmm. but just with my friends. Mm. Um, so to be able to communicate this to my friends, I was texting them, I was sending them articles, all these things. Yeah. And I'm really into current events. And yeah. that was my goal of the year to get into current events and fully understand it because my dad is up to date all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to match that. Right. Yeah. So... I started reading all these different sources, trying to balance everything out, and I had so much information. It was excessive, and I texted it to my friends all the time, and they're like, dude, we're not going to yeah. read any articles. Like, <laughs> stop sending texts. And I'm like, well, I, I'm just trying to help. Like, I'm mm -hmm. not trying to be rude or anything. Yeah. And they're like, well, communicate it differently. And I was bored, bingo. and I'm like, bingo. bingo. Got my phone, started recording uh, videos, had some scripts, and I would just summarize the day's news in three minutes. Wow. Post it on Instagram. It's a, I mean, it's a, it's a private uh, account, so, um, oh. it, but it's still there. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And I got into that. And then one of my um, family friends, she's, I don't know how, she's older than me, mm -hmm. like not super much older, but she, like, she's older than me. So I didn't know her through school or anything. She's mm -hmm. one of my dad's best friend's daughter. Mm-hmm. And she's into content creation. Yeah. And she was like, oh, 
let's make some videos. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Let's start doing this. She had all of her equipment, everything. We start recording. And the first one sucked. It took me <laughs> two weeks yeah. to record a three-minute video just looking straight at the yeah, camera. It's yeah. bad. bad. She still bad. laughs at it now. But we started making content, and it started to work out. And little by little, it starts mm-hmm. helping people. And I was like, all right, this is cool. Um, from that, we created a nonprofit. And now we actually do, like, legitimate service. And it's like, yeah. all right, this is sick. It's so good. We started recording with... Um, uh, what's it called? The the small mics that you put on. Yeah, the uh, I just call it clip on mics. Yeah, well, I mean clip on mics, yeah. right? Um, we had some of those. We had some cameras. Yeah. And it was like sit down conversations, and someone goes, "Dude, you're, that's a podcast," and I'm like, "No." Yeah. And they're like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Oh, I wait." Guess. And and those are in Spanish actually. Oh. Not on my channel. Not anything. Mm-hmm. It's on the nonprofit's channel, um, and that that started that way. And I was like, you know what? Pandemic hit. Our freshman year. Yeah. I didn't really know anyone. Personally, I did not feel comfortable. So we get here freshman year mm-hmm. and it's straight into season. Right. You have preseason. Oh, yeah. okay. So you have captain's training. Yeah. But we weren't really informed that year. So we showed up the last week of it when mm. it's a month long. Yeah. Pretty bad yeah. for our class. Um, one or two weeks of preseason and then you go straight into season. Wow. And before school starts, you're in season. Wow. And we're like, yeah, I'm pretty lost. Yeah. Struggled a lot. Didn't fit in culturally. Very different. Mm-hmm. Um, pandemic hits. Game over. Yeah. I come back. I'm a sophomore midway through. I don't know anybody. And it's yeah. like, how do I meet people? Yeah. I'm not someone that really goes out. Mm-hmm. It'd be weird if... So I'm not someone that goes out. I'm not going to text someone like, hey, let's go out yeah. uh, to a bar or something. Because like, yeah, I'm just yeah. not like that. Mm-hmm. It'd be weird to tell someone, hey, let's go get coffee. Like, if you get a message, that's pretty weird. Pretty weird but yeah. if I say, hey, I have a podcast, let's, let's yeah, sit down. Let's talk about stuff. Then people come, you know, yeah. and it works. And that's what people, we're doing yeah, right now. People you know? love talking on podcasts. Ex- I'm enjoying this very much. <laughs> hey, and it's fun, but yeah. it, it'd be weird to say it in any other way. Like, if I would have texted you, let's get lunch, bro. It's like, right. what are you saying? Yeah. But from here, it's like, you know, you're like doing something mm-hmm. good. You're getting to know someone yeah. and it's helping other people yeah. out. And hey. That's awesome. It's it's critical. I I love this. I love this. I think you're doing an awesome job. I've been following. I like followed you ever since you like messaged me. I saw your videos, past videos, and I love it. I think you're doing a great job. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I mean, I'm learning a lot from (laughs) from you, which is I'm connecting all of this because my point is the podcast helps me personally. Mm -hmm. What's so interesting to me is I mean, this podcast is called Denting to Leave Your Dent in the Universe and. It'll come out in the intro if, uh, like, you'll see it in your episode. It's, like, my purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Um, did you take um, UGBA 199, the Freshman Scholar Athlete Seminar? Mm, or no? no, I haven't taken that. Well, it, it's, like, uh, a class that most freshman student athletes take uh, just, like, to help you out and what you're going through and things mm-hmm. like that. And, I, I mean, I enjoy the class, but there, there was one video that really struck me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've watched it, but it's the TED Talk, Simon Sinek, Start With Why. Mm, I might have seen clips of it. I don't think I've seen the whole TED Talk, though. Great TED Talk. You should, definitely you should watch check it. it out. Yeah. So it talks about purpose, and it's a, a golden circle, right? Mm-hmm. And in the middle is the why. There's the what yeah. and the how. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the why, mm. then it's not going to work, mm. right? And and that's the idea that just changed my entire life mm. because I was focused on the what and the how. Yeah. So I'll take you through the podcast, right? Yeah. What? That's a podcast. It's a podcast. How? You sit down, you have mics, you have the interface, you have mm-hmm. cameras, I have my laptop here. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But why? 
anybody wow. can buy equipment, anybody can sit down and talk, but why? What's the purpose? And to me is my purpose in life is to leave my dent in the universe and absolutely everything I do and to inspire others to do the same. I think that's what you're doing, bro, because you saw something and it inspired you and it's like, mm. wow. I want to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And now you're doing the same for other yeah. people. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, have you thought about what you're doing? Like, do, do you recognize that? To be honest, not. I mean, I think I just started to think about it as we're speaking right now, which is, I mean, which makes your podcast even more special, right? Hey, we're denting, like, bro. We're, we're denting, denting in the right moment. now. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, just reflecting upon, like, my the thing that I put me in the position I am today about watching YouTube videos, wanted to make one, and now, you know, the thing that inspires me most about making YouTube videos every week, or I try to make every week, but I'm failing, but uh, every, consistently uh, making YouTube videos, um, is like, I get all a bunch of messages from people that watch my videos, and they're like, Marcos, I watched your video, and, you know, apart from, like, it's a good video, or whatever, it's well filmed, like, it's inspired me, uh, for example, a recent video of mine called a uh, my morning routine, which recently blew up. Um, so many people messaged me or commented saying, you know, that this has inspired me to you know get up in the morning and start to work out and like I've you know haven't done anything in a while and I really wanted to you know uh, start something and like this this you know this has gotten me like motivated to continue you know to pursue what I want to do. Um, so, I mean, that's, like, the main reason why I, like, you know, continue doing. And I, it's funny how I was in that same position when watching the videos in the first place. And uh, when watching, like, you know, those Day in the Lives, uh, I was like, that's, that's super inspiring. Like, I want to be in that position. And now, now, that, I'm, now that I'm in that position, I want to make other people inspired to be able to pursue, like, what they want to do, too. You got inspired. And now I want inspired. You left yeah. your den, and now you're inspiring others <laughs> to do the same. You know, like, that's sick to me. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you mentioned right before, like, all right, there's been amazing athletes here. And honestly, yeah, there, there has been, like, pretty mm-hmm. top athletes. But, I mean, I'm in the same shoes as you, and I, I look at other mm-hmm. people, and I, I've, I've told them I have no problem telling them, and I usually tell it to them before the podcast. But it's, like, I get that I'm not at the same level athletically mm-hmm. as my guests. I get that. I've had Olympians here. I've had, like, one of my best friends from this podcast at this point, Cameron Rogers. She's number two in the world this that's year. Insane. Like, that. that's, again, going back to the soccer reference, Ballon de Or, like, she's yeah. right there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, other Olympians, national champions, like, I, I'm not at that level. Yeah. I get it. But how can we connect in other aspects? And that's why you're here, right? And that's mm-hmm. why I do this. Like, it's the mentality and the approach you have to things. I could care less about certain results. Mm-hmm. Sure, results show a lot, but I think it's mostly a reflection of your oh, approach. Yeah. Do you have, I mean, as of when we're recording this, you're probably way up by the time I post this, but <laughs> as of the time, you're at 17K on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Am I, do, are you here because of that? No. Like, honestly, you could have 5K, you mm-hmm. could have 1K. I don't care about that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. one day you'll have 100K and that'll be sick. Mm -hmm. But it's the why you're doing it and what you're showing in the videos that actually matters to Mm -hmm. me. Is there a national champion? Yeah, there's been so many national champions here that I haven't invited, you know? Oh, okay. uh, And I'm not saying, oh, they're not good. No, it's not. It's just what inspires me, Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. It's just 
part of that, like anybody could start a YouTube channel. Yeah. Anybody could be accomplished in their craft. But the why, mm -hmm. I think that's that's the difference. And that's what makes things so powerful. And yeah, yeah I, it's just something I, I admire. And I'm glad you're realizing that mm. right now. Yeah, So yeah, absolutely. Huge parenthesis with the chronological <laughs> order. But take me through the next steps. It starts to blow up. What happens next? You started with your with your phone, right? Yeah, yeah. I started with my phone all the way till probably last summer. I, I, my, my thought going forward was that I don't need like the money. I, I don't. Mm, I don't explain it. Like the YouTube videos isn't about like it is about the quality, but it's more about the what you're putting out, the content, more about how it looks. And I wanted to make sure that I was doing it for the right reasons and not. Because I like, ah, I don't know. How, okay, I don't know how to explain it, but like, I didn't want to put myself in a situation where I buy all this expensive equipment and I get a new camera and I get some new lights and I get a microphone and I get all this stuff. And I have, if even with a phone, I'm not able to, you know, make videos consistently or make videos that I like. Having this special equipment isn't gonna help that. Like, I'm, I need to be able to be comfortable. And with filming with like just this, just like my, my phone, which at the time was pretty like pretty sucky, it was like an Android, I, I don't know. Um, and I need to be comfortable with that uh, in order to like tell myself that okay, I am ready to like step up, like, like you know, buy more expensive equipment. And that didn't happen until like I don't know the summer. But that's perfect though because. I'm actually going to make a recommendation to you. Usually I can't for two reasons. One, the person in front of me doesn't understand content uh -huh. creation. Mm -hmm. And two, Spanish, right? Okay. So you can understand it. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's going to, you, you may like it, right? Mm -hmm. um, but there's my favorite content creator. He has a podcast, has three books. His name is Roberto Martinez. And I follow him a lot. Like mm -hmm. I love his work and mm -hmm. his books are right up there. Mm -hmm. um, I just finished his third one this week. But there's a chapter in his second book that talks specifically about that. And it's mm. it, it's how you can have all this fancy equipment, but if you don't know what you're doing or what you're producing, it makes zero sense. You know, Absolutely. and it goes back to how I was raised as a kid playing mm -hmm. soccer. I would want certain type of cleats all the time. And like yeah. as a kid, the best cleats back in the day, like with Nike, was the ACC cleats. Mm -hmm. And it's like Oh, I want those ACC cleats so bad. And you're looking at this and like how expensive they were. Yeah, you're right. eight, nine, ten years old. It's like, dude, no, you don't yeah. need two hundred, mm -hmm. three hundred dollar cleats. Yeah. Like, yeah. And there's always like those kids on the team that have them, always, and yeah. and you think you're like gonna score or something or do better just because you have those. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I remember specifically just my dad saying like, "Are they gonna make you a better soccer player?" Yeah. No. No. Not really, not at all. And it's the exact same thing that the book is saying. Um, it, it's that chapter where, all right, you can get fancy equipment. It yeah. will help you. It will help, yeah. But first, absolutely. you have to start differently. And mm -hmm. I was shocked that that's how, I mean, that's how you started. But yeah. I was shocked that that's how Millis is still doing it to this day, yeah, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, he came on here and I was, I mean, I've seen the videos. I've seen your videos. I've seen his. And he was like, yeah, I just do it on my phone, everything. And I was like wow like That's that made me admire his work so much more Absolutely. and i mean i get it that i'm saying this with <laughs> two lights two cameras mm -hmm. oh, this one out yeah uh yeah it's good good all right I'm, I'm saying this with two lights two cameras a laptop two <laughs> mics etc yeah. but in the video world like as of right now i'm two years in you know yeah. and 
like I actually did save up for for yeah. these sort of things and no, the stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know if like what your story is, but for me, it was like our fall season 2020 was canceled. And I was like, all right, I'll train kids. And mm-hmm. I saved up and yeah, lights were gifts. But mm-hmm. besides that, the laptop, I have a laptop, my phone. I had a phone. Yeah. Camera, I saved up. Yeah. And these, dude, just look it up on Amazon. Yeah. Many people are like, dude, like, this is crazy. Not really. You can find anything on Amazon mm-hmm. nowadays. And yeah. they, they'll look a certain price, but they're not really. Yeah. Um, and that's how I started. I started with this camera, mm-hmm. my phone. Yeah. <laughs> my, my phone and an old GoPro that I got for Christmas. Mm. Dude, 2012 or something like that. And I just used that and it worked. And it worked, yeah. And that's that's all that matters. I started out with my phone for mm-hmm. a year and a half. And it's that's what matters most. But once yeah. you find that why and things like that, it's better. Absolutely. When you did buy the camera, what camera, how did you choose it, et cetera? Yeah. Um, so, again, my, my budget isn't really high. So I was trying to look for inexpensive cameras that are also practical. I, I'm also into a bit of photography. Um to I like to take pictures every once in a while. So I didn't want a full filming camera. Uh, I wanted one that could also take pictures. And I wanted like a, um, an intercha- uh, a camera with interchangeable lenses so I can like play with different effects. Um, it was just a bunch of YouTube videos, a bunch of like, what do people recommend for cameras under $1,000? What do people recommend cameras for vlogging? What do people recommend cameras you know, for content creation? Uh, and then the one that I have right now is the Canon M50. And it's like the kind of like the standard of all cameras. It's like, this is the go-to camera. And I was, you know, I was between this one and a slightly more expensive one, but then I went back to my thought and like of the why. And I was like, do I need to spend double the money on this camera? No. I'm going to go with this camera and then once I get bigger and like I feel like I need to upgrade, then I will upgrade it. But I don't need to upgrade it right now. So I just went with the Canon M50, uh, standard 15 to 45 millimeter lens, which came with the camera and just started shooting with that. And I immediately noticed the difference in quality which I guess doesn't really make much of a difference, especially now Millis is so successful and he's still filming with his iPhone, which is pretty, yeah, pretty crazy for me. Um, but the improvement in quality did feel, it made me feel better about my own videos and it made me want to make more videos, which is also like really important. Like you need to be motivated to make, like if you don't like what you're producing, then it's gonna be hard to like continue producing. And then that step up in quality made me see potential in my videos that I didn't see before. Um, and like trying to incorporate more um, like cinematic kind of shots and more like different angles and different like types of shots I couldn't get with a regular phone. Um, so I think that was, I mean, but again, I didn't have large budget. To be honest, I didn't even, I didn't earn a single cent on YouTube till probably like December last year. So I've been like a full year and uh yeah, a year and a half on YouTube, I didn't earn a single cent. I was just creating, you know, videos. And then at that time, I was creating, like, I don't know, earning, like, five cents a day, ten cents a day. So, obviously, my budget was really high. Um, so, I just, like, I saved up, and then I bought that camera and then kind of played with that. And uh, and now, and then now, I still film with the same camera. This was, like, back in the summer when I bought it. I still film with the same camera. I bought a couple lens, different lenses um, to play with different effects. And uh, that's and I think I'm going to continue with that until I, I feel like there's a need to change it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's awesome because in a way, the more limited you are, the freer you are. Absolutely. Because once you have so many options, it's harder yeah. to choose and yeah. it's so difficult. But when you're limited to, hey, it's this, this or this. Yeah. It's easy. Right. Instead easy. of yeah. let me look at all the cameras in right. the world. This is, it's so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're into photography. Don't you have an account? 
photography? Uh, yeah, it's M Rico Pang. It's very low key. I haven't posted in a while. Um, but it has like a hundred followers. Yeah. If you want to follow that side. I was going to say, um, like if it weren't for the photography for content creation, like I would definitely recommend this one, the, mm. the Sony. Is it the um, V1? Uh, ZV1. ZV1. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely looked at that one for vlogging. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, especially like for the vlogging. Yeah. I've used it for this. Um, I'm considering some vlogging. Uh, again, your work inspired me as long as, uh, like, as well as Kyle's. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Millis. I'm using yeah. last name, first name. So for those that don't know, <laughs> but uh, he's already on the podcast as well. Um, but I've I've watched your work, and it's not really like what inspires me the most is the memories. Like for us, the reason I want to get into it, we're going as a team to compete in Italy in May, and to me, it's like. I want to record that. And even mm. if I don't post it, I want to keep that, you know? And mm-hmm. a lot of my teammates are starting to see that as well because those memories are just, like, so valuable. Yeah. And I remember, like, during your season, I was, like, on YouTube. It's, like, what are they up to? Or, like, mm-hmm. what is it like? And you guys were so, like, outside of the pool. And it's, like, that's sick, you yeah. know? Like, to just get yeah. an idea what other teams are doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would love to see a vlog from you from a soccer trip that would be really nice i mean i'm i'm considering doing the italy one mm-hmm. um with my team and see i don't want it to get in the way of our soccer exactly which yeah. i want to get into right now to, yeah. to talk with you but um i was thinking you know what instead of doing a day in the life maybe i can break it down mm-hmm. into pieces you know how mm-hmm. well i record a podcast and let's say that i'm cooking a pizza mm-hmm. well the things i post it's clips so it's like yeah. a slice of pizza like a, yeah so maybe what I'm thinking is what I could do is post, ins- instead of just posting the slice, recording the slice when mm. it comes to the vlog. So I'll record all of Italy, but it's like a day in Rome, yeah, a meal in Rome, a mm. training session in Rome, mm. et cetera. Mm. And maybe I could do that here as well, like injured soccer players and you're in the athletic training room or yeah. going up to practice or like mm. things like that. No, yeah, that'll be interesting now that... It, it could even fit like the new uh, uh, YouTube reel, like the YouTube shorts that's yeah. being immensely more popular now. Um, that could be pretty cool content too, yeah. Yeah, YouTube shorts is growing. TikTok is obviously TikTok humongous. Huge. You know what? Okay, let's take a, a parenthesis in the chronological <laughs> order, but you know what I've noticed? Uh-huh. Instagram and YouTube are competing against each other. TikTok, I feel like it's going to be very limited and they're trying to compete as well. But if you notice, I mean, you have to reach a certain amount of subscribers, which I get. But yeah. in YouTube, there are stories now. Yeah. You can make posts now. Yeah. There's shorts. Yeah. And then there's the larger videos. Instagram, they went from IGTV or like just from pictures, then to yeah. videos, then to IGTVs. And to shorts. And now the reels there are, the it used to be 15 seconds and 30 seconds. And now it's at 90 seconds. And it's like, whoa, this is interesting. Yeah. And the format for what used to be IGTV, now it's just video. Yeah. It's the exact same as Reels. Mm-hmm. Once they merge those, dude, it's Facebook combined with YouTube. Yeah. And that's, it's just different direct message, stories, etc. I think those two are competing. TikTok just went up to 10 minutes as well for a video. Really? 10 minutes? Yeah, 10 minutes. I doubt anybody's going to wow. TikTok to watch that. Yeah. But honestly, bro... I would send it and just post like I think that might be the move. I think I've gotta to start to expand now. Yeah. yeah. I like I, I definitely think TikTok and shorts and reels are for the clips. Mm-hmm. But if it's ten minutes, 
I'm gonna post ten minute videos, and if somebody sees them, great. Yeah. If they don't, I like TikTok. I could care less. Yeah. YouTube, as up to this point, I could care less, but it's like post, 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 and mm. Instagram's where I keep it cleaner. But yeah. it's interesting to think of those yeah. strategies. Do you strategize yeah. outside of YouTube? Uh no. So right now I'm just I I'm trying to bring my YouTube audience into the Instagram um a, every a bit more now I every like. Before, I would just end the video, be like, okay, see you next video, whatever. And I'm trying to, like, say, okay, follow me on Instagram, you know, because I feel like, well, I might not post content stuff on Instagram. If they're able to associate my YouTube channel um, with, like, like, the content I create on YouTube channel, and they're able to associate that to an actual person on Instagram where I share more of my personal life, like day-to-day life, I feel like they will be able to connect more with my content and with me in general, and they will be able to, you know, if they follow my life, they'll be able to engage with you know with me and i would love to engage with them more often too um and i mean the majority of the messages that people send me are on instagram dms that they you know subscribers that watch my videos or fans that want to ask me questions stuff it's mainly on instagram dms apart from like youtube comments um so i'm trying to bring that audience into uh, into instagram and trying to engage with them there so that they feel that the person they're watching on their screen isn't just some random person on the screen there's like it's a friend like they're talking you know with someone they know um and i really want to bring uh like at least the community i have like growing like together and i think that's i don't i'm not sure yet i'm like I'm, that's what i'm trying to do but i think that's kind of the way to do it i'm not sure if i'm ever going to you know start creating content on instagram but at least i'm going to try and start interacting more with you know youtube followers on instagram well why not post clips yeah, so, I mean, apart from the nature of my YouTube channel right now, which is more, uh, like, horizontal, classical, eight, nine minutes videos, um, I still haven't thought about a good way of trying to make vertical short clips um, that would kind of fit the theme of my channel. Uh, I definitely want to try, um, but as of right now, I guess, uh, I guess a big part is that my Instagram following is still majority uh so like the ratio is like growing between my actual family and friends that i knew before youtube and the youtube following and right now that ratio is still probably like half probably a bit more of the people that i you know met in classrooms and like men and at the teams the people i actually know whereas uh another part of it's just people that just know me and i don't know them yeah um and so then since the bigger portion of my following is family and friends, I don't want, at least right now, I don't want to feel like they are following me on Instagram just to see the same stuff they would see on YouTube. Or like, um, I mean, I want to be able to still post some, like, keep my Instagram like at a level that would not distance myself, distance or break relationships with the people I have that are actually close to me, which sometimes I feel like, and maybe I might be wrong, maybe I'm just like uh, overthinking it, but I feel like if I post something like, you know, a, a clip on my Instagram, then people that used to follow me because of who I am are kind of feeling like uh, they're just one of other many followers. And I'm not saying that, I obviously I care about everyone that follows me on YouTube, but there's obviously people that I, you know, I've met longer time and have a better relationship with that I don't want to feel like that, you know, is damaging damaging our relationship yeah okay interesting interesting how you view it like as a relationship for me i don't have your numbers at all Mm. um and i just started posting on 
Instagram, you know, and I was mm. like, if people want to unfollow me, then so be it. And if they yeah. don't, then okay. Yeah. But I mean, I've gone up a tiny bit. Like I'm, I'm not big on Instagram mm-hmm. or anything, but it's like, Hey, it's going up. And even people that yeah. I didn't know or that I knew of reaching out and it's like, Hey, this actually helped me. It's like, wow, sick. Say, and, yeah. and, and it's fine because to me, it's like, uh, and I genuinely mean this, like if I can one day grow my accounts, awesome. If I could one day monetize amazing Mm -hmm. but right now it's like if it impacts one life one life great and when i realized like there's people that are like i genuinely appreciate what you posted this actually helped me it's like great that's what it's for you know so that's my take everybody has their own Mm. personal situations Mm -hmm. but regardless you get your new camera (laughs) we'll go back to the story yeah (laughs) you come back to cal when from Uh, the pandemic so from the pandemic i came back uh january 2020 january 2021 january 2021 you guys go straight in to season right away straight into season and then actually this is uh, this is actually um i guess by the time this podcast comes out i actually explain this a video i'm preparing right now is my college athletic life summarized oh awesome. so i kind of explain all of this um i don't uh, have any links i'm sorry because yeah. of my numbers but guys go check them <laughs> yeah, out yeah uh, yeah. This will probably be released by like, sometime this week. So by the time this podcast, yeah, it comes out, the video will already be up. So. For sure. Marcos yeah. Rico, Marcos <laughs> <it> on YouTube. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but no, so, um, yeah, I came back in January, and two weeks later, I get COVID. Like, I caught COVID, and I was out for the week, off the Pac-12 team, couldn't compete at Pac-12s, obviously out of the NCAA team, and my season there ended. So it was really, it really hurt, like, my confidence and especially the momentum I was building through my freshman year, which I thought I would have, I was improving a lot, especially this like a new environment, you know, this team. I feel like I had a lot to give still. And then obviously the court, like COVID impacted everyone. And like, I can't complain because people had it worse than me. Right. But training wasn't good. And then I was in Spain for that fall semester and I wanted to come back, you know, and, you know, continue to train with the team and continue to be better. And then I get COVID and I was out and then I couldn't compete. And then all of a sudden, I didn't compete. I like, didn't train with the team for the fall semester. And now I can't compete for the spring semester. So that entire season is just gone. It's gone, like, yeah. And it was like a whole year. And by that time, I didn't really know I was graduating in three years. But now looking back, that's like a third of my collegiate season just ended right there. And I was like, at that moment, I was like, I was really hurt because I felt like I still had a lot to like give and a lot to get better at. But... um. But, you know, stuff like that happens and, you know, you just continue working. And so I got back in the team. I continued with tra- train with them. I watched them obviously succeed at Pac-12s and CAAs. And then I continued to swim with them. And then over the summer, uh, I had an internship here. So I was able to t- train with them over the summer here as well, which was really nice. Um, because as I will normally go back home to train. But obviously here is like a better environment. So I was really happy to be able to train here over the summer and then just been here ever since. The last semester and this semester, and um, was able to successfully, I feel like, uh, to the most part, successfully wrap up my college career. But in a way, like when you got COVID, I understand that that ruins your season because you were locked away for what, mm. a week or two weeks, or how long? I was, was it locked back away then? for uh, 10 days in a hotel there, yeah. Okay, 10 days in a hotel, mm-hmm. which ruins things because then you have to go through a protocol to get back into swimming and make sure that you test negative, especially back in those days. Right. And by then you can't qualify. I can't qualify. Yeah. Your times don't qualify for PAC 12s. 
there there was no mid-season meet, so you yeah. couldn't qualify for NCs. And that's obviously the season, right? You yeah. just train and try to gain back fitness, and that's yeah. about it. But then you also started recording videos yeah. in the hotel, right? Yeah. Day one, yeah. day two, day, two. day three. <laughs> and that, to me, says a lot because it's the obstacle becoming the way, right? The impediment to action advances action, and what mm-hmm. stands in the way becomes the way. So swimming goes sideways. You can still study because you're online school. Yeah. But YouTube starts to grow, and, and that is part Absolutely. of the story, you know? Part of the story is the obstacle and the difficulty, mm-hmm. but this helped you grow in a yeah, different area of definitely. your life, which mm-hmm. is amazing, don't you think yeah, so? Yeah, no, absolutely. And looking back, it was definitely, I wouldn't say it's not completely a blessing in disguise, but it's it's good that I was able to look past certain like downfalls in one area and be able to make most of the opportunity and look, okay, I'm in quarantine. Now I have more time because I'm not training like you know i'm not training three four hours a day i'm not tired and i wanted to give this youtube thing a shot and then i did it and i really like it and that's how it kind of like like rolled the ball into what it is today and if it wasn't for you know me getting covid would i have posted i wouldn't obviously i wouldn't have posted those videos but i probably wouldn't have been able to like you know find that little spark that like you know inspired me to continue making videos and so i guess the one part i couldn't be able to swim but the other part i found you know, YouTube. And I think that's just great in general where I was able to find, you know, like a good thing from a bad thing. Yeah. Know? And and people have their own way of saying it, you know, like a good thing from a bad thing. Everything happens for a reason, mm. blessing in disguise. Yeah. For me, it's just the obstacle is the way, you know, and yeah. it's awesome to see that happen. Your channel continues to grow. You continue mm-hmm. to get into this. And like you said, you stayed training here. I know mm. you did a video as well of your internship. It was yeah. at LinkedIn. It was at LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah. I, I was just saying, <laughs> yeah, no yeah. saying it, right? Um, but I mean, it's all public, so. <laughs> I know it is, but yeah. I don't know. I just wanted to ask. Yeah, but yeah, at no LinkedIn, things continue to go well for you, um, especially with the LinkedIn one, which is, I think, a stepping stone for you in your YouTube career. Let's talk details. Okay. LinkedIn is a big company. Yeah. The number you put up there, like, per hour sort of thing, like, it attracts attention. Mm-hmm. What role does clickbait play for you in, in YouTube? Uh, <laughs> so, obviously, YouTube, I mean, everyone knows it's a competitive space. And you can make good content. And I am a firm believer that good content will always blow up. And you'll always be recognized for good content. But you need people to be able to view that content. And so, while... Okay, maybe that video does have clickbait. I think it's at some point it's necessary to be able to create some clickbait content. And people might hate on it, but it is like what you need to do in order to survive or even like try and grow on such a, such a competitive platform. I mean, I heard, I mean, I'm not sure what the stats are, but I think there are like thousands or even millions of videos posted every single day on YouTube. And you know, this your, your video if it's not attractive enough, it's not just not going to grab the attention. I mean, now that TikTok. It's literally three-second videos. And even three-second videos, people are scrolling past after, after just one second of viewing the video. Like, you really need to capture, you know, the audience's attention uh, from the beginning. And in YouTube, that's all the thumbnail, the thumbnail and the title. So uh, I think I don't want to over, um, overdo it, uh, over clickbait. Like, some, some YouTubers, you know, like, I don't know, in their, in their description, be like, you know, gone sexual or, like, police called or whatever, unless the police was actually called. Um, but uh, there is some aspect of clickbait that is necessary and that I try to incorporate into my videos without, with like, with having the video at least related to the thumbnail, at, like 
to some extent, right? I'm not gonna do a completely like complete clickbait, um, but I wanted to at least like the video go back up the YouTube like thumbnail with the clickbait, yeah. Yeah, no, and I agree. I don't think it's wrong at all. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things that I'm telling you that I want to learn mm -hmm. more from you guys because I yeah. need to do a better job with that. And yeah. like I said, I'm doing this for fun. I don't view YouTube as a competitive space, mm -hmm. but I probably should, you mm -hmm. know, and I should be thinking about like, all right, better titles this here, yeah, yeah. post this then, you know, yeah. sort of thing. So just a stepping stone for me, but, yeah, but yeah, it is, it's interesting. Absolutely. Everybody has their own takes. Mm -hmm. You go into your junior season going in. Did you know this was going to be your last year? So uh, I had going into my summer internship, I was thinking of, you know, started to graduate early and I was uh, actually going into my second semester sophomore year. I had I had an Excel sheet and I had two schedules, one that would finished in four years, one that finished in three years. And I was like looking at the schedules and I was like, OK, is a three one a three and one doable. Um, I mean, I don't want to like, you know, if I graduate in three years, but I don't have a job. And as an international student, it's 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 tough because like we have v like visa stuff going on, and if you don't have a job, you just get kicked out. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I, I was like wondering, okay, if I if I get a if I get an internship this summer and get a return offer, like I can graduate in three years, that would save me a lot of money, but that would also be a lot of stress and like more stress in school, and like, you know, I also want to enjoy my college experience and stuff like that. And then I got the internship, so I was like, okay, this three-year plan looks you know pretty good. Now, like, I have an internship, but I still can't solidify it because I don't know if I'm going to get a job afterwards. I'm not sure if I'm going to like, excel in the internship. I'm not sure if that's actually what I want to do, um, which was software engineering at the time. Um, what, and it is now. But uh, the, the internship ended. Uh, I did well. They gave me a return offer for next year for a full-time job. And then at that moment, I was like, okay, I have a job next year. This is going to save me a lot of money. I am on track to graduate in three years. Um, that's... I think that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. yeah, and that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the balance to being a student athlete, right? I mean, there is the athletic side. And in this case, you're making a sacrifice the other way around. But that's yeah. because of your larger goal. That's what you yeah. had in mind. That's what you wanted yeah, to do. And exactly. that's why you're here in, in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. So it's amazing to see that you already had that in mind and you had the ability to do that. Mm. So congratulations, yeah, because no, I think you. that's really big time. Mm. Um and you go into your junior year mm -hmm. after a freshman year that was cut short yeah. and a sophomore year that was that cut was tiny. Very small. <laughs> so you start competing again. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And you also start recording again. And amazing. My perspective is that it captures amazing memories from an amazing season and you're doing incredible with YouTube. So take me through what yeah. this past year has been yeah. for you. It's been... It's been surreal. I think in many ways it's been a lot more than I ever thought it would be. And I obviously put in a lot of work over the summer to train. Um, and then so going into my, you know, the fall, into my junior year, my last year, and the first competitions, I was, I was doing well. I was doing a lot better than I thought I was. And I was swimming faster than I ever was swimming before. And I, like, that just, you know, that just motivated me to, like, continue going. And then... I started to make YouTube videos too that also started to blow up. And I guess there was a certain aspect, like just maybe maybe it's just coincidence, but I feel like my success in the pool and my energy kind of translated over to my success in YouTube um, and like the energy I can like put into my YouTube videos. And so the, I mean, the competitions rolled on in fall and I was, I was just doing really well. And then I was posting YouTube videos, which are also doing really well. And... Uh, yeah, it was 
at that moment, I was just head down trying to like, okay, put another video out, continue swimming and stuff. But like looking back at it, I definitely, it was definitely a lot better than I ever thought it would be. Yeah. And it's crazy. I wrote down a quote um, mm-hmm. for my podcast earlier and yeah. it ties straight into that, right? Mm-hmm. That perfecting the personal sides of things regularly leads to success in the professional aspect, mm. but never the other way yeah. around. Absolutely. And I think that's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. They're inextricably intertwined you know because it's you it's who you are that's the common denominator so when you're doing well in one aspect of your life you're going to do well in the other it doesn't happen to be that maybe if if you're not doing well as a person then you're not going to do well professionally Mm -hmm. but you feel good as a person things are going well for you yeah you put in the work swimming's going well you put in the work work, youtube it's going well of course you're going to be happy yeah of course it's going to balance out which is awesome to see Mm -hmm. you know and you kept recording great memories and it it was an incredible season for you. Mm -hmm. Um, It being like your, your last season, you ended up competing, which, which was your last one? Uh, Pac-12s. Pac-12s. Yeah. I, so long story short, Mm -hmm. I, uh, coming into uh, high school, coming into college, Mm -hmm. um, there were a few sports that I hadn't witnessed in person that I just really wanted to. And it was swimming, gymnastics and track. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly the field part because yeah. I've seen track, but I really wanted to watch you guys. So I was like, I right. blocked out the dates. And I remember the first meet I was at, it was UVA. Cause it was the first one in wow, the fall. That was a big one. That was a big that one. That was a big one. And, and then I, I was there and then I went to every single one really? of your guys like at home. Yeah. Except the long distance one against Stanford. Yeah. That was it. But mm-hmm. I was at the other ones wow. and it was like awesome to see. And thank you for I, coming out, dude. Like it, it was just fun and it's hard not to support, at least for mm. me, like that's just who I am. And again, it's why I do the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have a phrase here on the podcast that's study the greats to one day become one. Mm. And people don't realize how many amazing people there are at Cal. Oh yeah. And even the athletes as well. It's yeah. like, dude, like it's sick. Like yeah. go watch other sports, go learn from them. Yeah. Well, uh, Cause what can you learn from swimming? If you're a soccer player, dude, it's the same mentality yeah. for any sport. Mm-hmm. Like just look at it and it's, it's amazing. There's so much you can learn. And I mean, that that's my way of doing it. Not everybody shares that, yeah. but yeah. I, I, that's what I enjoy to do. Mm-hmm. And I really got into your guys' sport. I really got into gymnastics as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember watching, um, I watched pack 12s, I watched NCs. And I watched, I remember watching your race and that final <laughs> relay and how you closed out and the emotions. Yeah. Take me through that, bro. Yeah. I, it was, oh, sorry. I kind of keep that. Uh, it's good. It's good. It's good. Is that good? Yeah, that's good. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was insane. Um, going into that, that me, okay. So 53 is basically the free, free, 50 yard freestyle is my main event. Um, and going into the competition, I, I wasn't seated like, I, I hadn't swam a good 50 freestyle. Like, I, I know I could swim good. And then so the first day of that meet, I swam it as a time trial, which is, like, unofficial, like, not an actual meet. And I went, like, my best time. I was like, okay, this is this is looking good. The next day, I swam for the, like, for the actual, like, the actual event in the morning. I swam another best time. Got into the B final. In the afternoon, there was three people on that relay, and we needed that fourth position. And then the coach is like, you know, Whoever wins this B final, and it was me and three other Cal swimmers in that B final of the 50 freestyle. It was whoever wins this freestyle is on that relay. And I was like, I really want to be on that relay. Like, I know my, this is like my last competition ever. And 
I was like, this is this would be a great way to finish it. And like I remember, you know, at that hotel room before heading over to the pool of the finals, I just had my music on. I was like, I want this so bad. And I got into the pool. I swam. I saw another best time, and I got it. And then I got the I got, I got the relay position. And then my coach went up to me and I was like, okay, you're on the relay, go warm down, you're gonna get on there in like an hour. I was like, okay, warm down. As I'm behind the blocks and they're swimming, I could hear, you know, like all the crowds are, you know, the crowd was screaming. And it was an intense pack 12 because for the first time in a long time, we actually had good comp, like the good competition. Not, <laughs> I, 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 know, I know what you mean, don't that worry. Sounds, I know, yeah, that I sounds know so mean. bad, but yeah. um, it, was, it was close and it was intense. And we came from a loss from Stanford and we wanted to win, um, right. and I think at that moment in the relay, we it was the third leg, and it was my turn to go, and we were slightly ahead, and I was, objectively speaking, the slower one of the four. Um, so it was really up in the air whether I had the ability to, you know, step up when it mattered. Um, and then I swam, and I touched the ball, and I saw it was first with, like, uh, with uh, 18, nine, you know, under 19 seconds, which was huge uh, for me, and I think a lot of people didn't expect me to swim that fast. Uh, I don't. I don't think I expected myself to swim that fast. And then it was just like a bunch of emotions. As I saw, you know, everyone, the crowd, you know, they were screaming. At that point, it was definitely a turning point of the competition where we started to like, you know, gain confidence and I started to like actually swim like really, really fast. And then um, it was just an amazing experience being part of that relay. And that was definitely like the the best way to close my like like uh college athletic experience yeah and i remember that reaction and just you that was, yeah and it's like that, that was sick it was sick it was, to see. it was yeah it was a lot of emotions going into it and yeah definitely yeah well congratulations on that Thank obviously you. that's that's amazing um moving forward i guess uh from your time here at cal you're retired but on youtube you've said that you're not really retired as a swimmer. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to, I mean, I guess every athlete knows this feeling. Like, we've been doing this forever. And, like, you can't just quit something you've just been doing forever. Exactly. Yeah. So, as much, like, okay, officially, yeah, I finished swimming in college. But just, like, before where I wasn't swimming in college, there's more to swimming than just, like, swimming as part of a team. Like in Spain, like you can still swim and do all the other stuff on the side. Like that's how everyone else does it. So that's kind of the mentality I'm going forward. Like I know the resources and the energy I'm going to put into swimming is probably going to be less. Now I've got bigger goals, you know, in life. I'm going on, you know, new job in a new city. Um, so I know that swimming might not play a big role. But at the same time, I love swimming and I love that feeling of, you know, just winning i guess i mean all athletes love that feeling um so i don't want to say like if i say i'm quitting i feel like i'm limiting myself um so as long as i don't say i still have i still leave that door open for any possibility in the future to continue training and to continue competing albeit maybe not the highest level i want it to be but definitely i don't want to say i, I completely quit so okay. I, yeah just going swimming every day and like still every once in a while I practice with the team other times i just go by myself in the pool and it's kind of just like continue and stay in shape and stuff like that that's awesome that's awesome um moving forward with youtube because you have a separate job swimming yeah. is is i mean like you just mentioned taking mm -hmm. a, a distinct path but you're still there um have you decided what you're gonna be doing with youtube yeah i mean i definitely want to continue youtube and youtube has never been a big priority for me i did it i started off because i wanted to do it because i thought it was fun and now it's it's blown up a bit lot more than I thought it would 
but I still want to. I still do it just because I have. I like. I have fun. And then the day I stop having fun with YouTube is the day I quit. I'm not dependent on it, um, nor is it going to be my main source of income at all. Um, so, with YouTube, I right now I still enjoy making videos, and going on, I will continue making videos. And there, I'm going to try and transition. You know, obviously the channel it was not going to be college athletics anymore. Um, even, yeah, it was, uh, which I didn't do a good job of transitioning because every single title says college athletics on it. Um, but uh, I'm going to try and transition. And I know, I know that my channel growth is going to stop because that is a big theme of my channel. But um, again, if I go in the mentality of, you know, I'm doing this because I like it, then even if I get less views, less subscribers, you know, it's, I guess, less money. Uh, it's fine, though, because I'm still doing what I like doing. And that's why I'm going to continue to be doing these until... I guess until I get bored of it, yeah. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. That that's your why and how you're doing it. Um, the the last few questions mm -hmm. that I have for you. You've mentioned that obviously there's two of your teammates that started YouTube. Kyle is pretty big now. Uh, I know Colby started his as yeah. well. I haven't really seen much mm -hmm. from him honestly, but I've watched you and Kyle. How does it feel? I don't know if he's told you this, but he came on here and Kyle said like, yeah, like you inspired him to do it. So how does that feel? knowing that you inspired someone you're close to, to to grow like that as well. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's only one-sided, though, because seeing Millis and his videos definitely inspired me to make continue making videos. Um, I, I remember when I, I started making videos actually consistently, and then Kyle went up to me and was like, you know, Marcus, I saw your videos, and I've been wanting to make videos for a while. I just never got the chance, like, I never got the energy to do it. But now I'm watching your videos, like, I kind of want to try to do it. Now. Can you like, tell me how you started and tell me how you do it? And it was an awesome moment for me because, I mean, I'm a big nerd of YouTube and YouTube stats and all that stuff. And it was, it was great to have another person there that I can be able to nerd out with. And he, Kyle, Kyle is also a huge nerd on the stats. And we're all constantly, you know, comparing and, you know, talking about, like, how our channel's doing and stuff like that, which is awesome. Like, I love to be able to uh, talk to someone about it and to be able to give feedback as well as receive feedback. And at one point, I mean, I was, so I started before and I had, like, semi-decent subscribing. Uh, and then Melis started, and he blew up really fast, a lot faster than I did in the beginning. Uh, and then looking at his videos blew up, I asked him, I was like, whoa, that's like incredible, like, can you teach me how you're doing? And then he teach me like what he was doing, and then I was able to blow up too. And I think it's just great that we're both able to help each other out. And I think a lot of people think that YouTube is like, I mean, yeah, I said it before, YouTube is a competitive environment, but like if you're able to, you know, collaborate with like, with like your competition you're able to learn from them as they're able to learn from you and it just it just benefits both sides like there's no reason why you wouldn't be able to like that you wouldn't share like your secrets with another person um i guess i'm getting kind of sidetracked here uh it's just it's just been amazing to see millis and vlogging on the team with another person and now a third person has definitely made vlogging an easier experience um because it just puts less pressure on you as you're not the only one doing it um, and it's also inspired a lot of people on the team even, like they don't post it publicly, but for example, my roommate, Uul, he saw my video and he's like, you know, I really want those memories too. Like you were saying, like these memories are something to look back to in the future and like, wow, like, you know, you really want this because like they're, they're once in a lifetime kind of thing. And then he saw those videos and was inspired to like take like out his phone and start videoing like his own little clips. He's not posting it, um, but he's just like for himself. And that's, I think that's just the beauty of like content creation. Like just like you know, inspiring other people to do, maybe not content creation, but like doing what you like doing inspires them to do what they never, you know, um, thought they could do. 
Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I never thought I'd be doing something like this. And mm-hmm. for memories, like, I only use Snapchat because of the mm-hmm. memories that come yeah, up, you know? Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah, those me- Snapchat memories, yeah. See, seeing all of that, it's like, wow, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's why I do that. And you know what? Maybe I will get into that. We'll see. But mm-hmm. it, it is a beautiful thing to, to have there. And what you were saying of the competition, I think... It's good, like, not yeah. necessarily competing against each other, but you're learning from each other. Yeah, At the end of yeah. the day, iron sharpens iron, you know what yeah, I mean? So exactly. It's, it's having that there to compare and contrast and help each other, and I think that's awesome mm-hmm. that you're doing that. I definitely have to learn from you guys. So. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to learn from you, too. Thank I mean, you. I'm learning a lot just from sitting in this room for a couple of hours, yeah. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> um, last few technical questions. Yeah. What do you use to edit? Like, I'm using, uh, like, here right now, it's... Mm. Um, GarageBand, and then I go to okay. Adobe Premiere. Yeah. Are you on Premiere? I'm on Premiere Pro, yeah. Okay. We have a uh, discount yeah. because of being Berkeley students, so definitely have to use that, yeah. Yeah. It all in Premiere Pro. Awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I already asked you about your camera. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, um, I think that's pretty much it, bro. Did, uh, did I miss perfect. anything? Anything you want to talk about? Um, uh, I guess, like, in general, if people want you know, people shouldn't be afraid to do what they want to do. And if they have a reason, like you said, a why they want to do it, and they know what they want to do, they shouldn't think, they shouldn't be stopped by other people's, like, they shouldn't think about what other people might think about them. Because, to be honest, everyone's thinking about themselves anyways. Like, no one is, like, as much as, like, it's like I guess it doesn't really suck, but as much as, like, that's the truth. Like, no one really thinks, no one really looking at you as much as you think they are. So, like, don't never be afraid to, like, I guess this is like a message. To, <laughs> um, I, I don't know why I'm being like a TED, TED Talk speaker right now, but I feel like um, people are often too afraid to do it just because of the judgment of other people. And I was like that my freshman year, of uh, the judgment of like the upperclassmen, like what are they going to think about my channel? And I wish I started this sooner because I would be in a, I would be in a better position, like I'd have more following today. Uh, and I know it's all about the following, but um, it's just, yeah, if, if you want to do it, just just do it and don't look back and like you will... Like, only practice makes perfect, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And for me, it was easy because I started during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But even coming back, it's yeah. it's like oh, hard at times. But no, everybody accepts it now. People yeah. like it now. People I've had, like it, yeah. I've had teammates exactly. watch some of these and it's like, wow, like, that's awesome. Yeah. They're like, hey, I watched this. It's like, yeah. sick. Or I've had mm-hmm. people that I don't even know mm-hmm. come up to me because I interviewed their teammate and they're like, oh, I watched your interview. And I was like, yeah. wow, thank you. Like, I yeah. appreciate that. Exactly, you know? yeah. And, you know, I mean, it could. It could help anyone whenever it matters, but to me, I agree with you. It's that mm-hmm. imposter syndrome that could stop yeah. us. Dude, nobody's thinking no, about you. Yeah, exactly. It, like, no, they don't even have the time for they that, you know? Have, yeah. everybody's Everyone's in the, busy with their own life, yeah. Everybody's exactly. busy with their own life, and if anything, just remember that you may not have this opportunity later on. Exactly. Just take it exactly. as it is, so... I think that's that's great advice. I'd give that to everybody else as well. Mm-hmm. Start as soon as possible because yeah. it does matter and forget about what people have to yeah. say. But that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Marcos, thank you so thank much. You. I really... Thank you. I, I loved having you on mm-hmm. here. I enjoyed this conversation. Me too. I know uh, your time is in Cal or at Cal is limited, so yeah. hopefully we can uh, mm-hmm. chat sometime yeah, soon. Yeah, of course. Um, for people that are watching or listening, your YouTube channel... Yeah, Marcos Rico on YouTube. Follow, subscribe, like, all that, all that stuff. <laughs> all that good stuff. All that good stuff. 
Well, to everyone that watched uh, on YouTube or listened on Spotify to this episode, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. If you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you're on Spotify, please follow the podcast. Share it with anyone you'd like. I'm sure it's helpful to many. Um, And yeah, that's pretty much it. Marcos, thank you so much. Thank you, Fernando. Thank you all. I'll see you guys soon. (laughs) Perfect. That's it. Wow. Awesome. That was fun. I love that. What do you think? You liked it? I love it. I think this is awesome. I think what you did is super cool. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Make sure to subscribe to my podcast and follow me on my personal social media accounts for more. All at Fer Andraes. All links are in the description. If this episode inspired you in any way, please help me out by sharing it with a friend to help them leave their dent in the universe as well. That's it for today. I'll see you all next time.